I'm going to promise you something. I'm going to try to do my best today. I don't have my glasses. How many of you know what that feels like? Um, I will do my best. And uh, On a day like today, when you do ordain elders, I want to draw your attention to Colossians chapter 1. And if you're following along in your Bibles, Colossians chapter 1, it's not a typical... Um, It's not a typical scripture that you would kind of think and direct uh, towards uh, the office of eldership, but it is one by which the Apostle Paul actually takes us into a deeper journey of why he does what he does. And I know all three of these men, and and I've been with them, and I've listened to them, and I think it's important for all of us to kind of come alongside of them in this. And so I want to draw your attention to Colossians chapter 1. We'll find ourselves the Apostle Paul writing to the believers in the Colossae Valley. And he he says to them, um, starting about the 24th verse, he says, I now rejoice in what was suffered for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is lacking in regard to Christ's suffering for the sake of his body, which is the church. I've become its servant by the commission of God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but now disclosed to the saints. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, Jesus, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all energy, which so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how much I'm struggling for you and for those in Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge I tell you this, that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith is in Christ. Amen. I want you to know that I'm struggling. I want you to know that I'm struggling. Now, these aren't my words, nor is this my heart. Today, actually, I'm filled with... Uh, with complete joy and peace and, and assurance. Um, and, and there's an anticipation that I see that God is going to do something very beautiful in our midst. These are Paul's words. And that's why we need to read them in Colossians. In chapter 2, he, he says this, I want you to know that I'm not simply that I'm struggling, but I want you to know how I'm struggling. It's an interesting word that he uses when he talks about this. It's a descriptive apostolic ministry. It's a very honest word, straightforward. It's the word spoken of a man who knows his own frailty and yet still indicates the depth of his feeling for the believers that are around him. It's a word which indicates the rigorous nature of ministry and that to which he has been called. And it's a word in which all who have been involved in pastoral or elder or or caregiving ministry finds themselves understanding familiar. I'm going to 
put this back so I can have two hands and then I can speak to you normally. Okay, I'm back. I, um, I was intrigued by this um, because we have to ask the question, what is a God-given ministry? More aptly, what is an elder's role or what should they be doing in their calling? And it's a question that's been being asked for the last 2,000 years. It's not something that we pin down and know exactly what an elder does. Are they in meetings? Yes, sometimes. Is it the visitations? Yes, sometimes it's visitations. Is it the teaching? Yes, often yes. Is it serving? Well, you heard all three men up here. Yes, absolutely. Is it disappointment? Yes, unquestionably yes. Is it self-induced pity party? No, never. Why? Because the glory of God is your front and rear guard. See, all the attributes of an elder exist to that deeper question, why are we here? Why would God establish leader that we are to pray for, to listen to, respect, and to be honored? And how are we as a church to assess this God-given ministry and what it looks like? How will we be able to know a spiritual leader? Well, the men came up here today and they shared with you their life stories. And they began to explain to you about how God has been drawing them at various ages of their life and ministering to them and through them and in them. And it's to this that we begin to understand how we so aptly choose elders which have been being chosen for the last 2,000 years. We understand them to be elders given by God to us. The verses that we read are not exhaustive on the subject, but certainly helpful when we start to examine the role and what the believers were having in Colossae and what they were going through and what the shape of their ministry was and what their goals were. And realistically, I invite you to do the same when you think about your own call in ministry, whether you are an elder, whether you're a deacon, or whether you're just a congregant. Because in the kingdom of God, we all have a role to play. And God calls us all equals so that we might see the glory of God come through. We see that in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and the letter to Titus, there's a line of understanding to what the attributes should be for those who are chosen to be elders. And in those, you'll notice that there's a pattern for ministry and there's a purpose for ministry. And I've been around long enough to understand and know that an individual also has a plan in their ministry. I firmly believe that God ordains leaders into the congregation who are quite frankly, humble, and as you heard today, um, understanding that, that they don't have it all together. God uses the weak things of the world to confound the wise. He uses those of us who are not perfect to display a perfect and holy God. And if you understand this mystery, then you have figured it out long before I have, because I cannot understand why God would use us to bring the glory of God into the nations. But the elders' pattern for ministry, when there is a pattern for a pastoral call, and that's exactly what we're doing, um, there's an instruction given. And I want to say that it's, 
it's a beautiful thing in our context to see an example of, one, of the baton moving from one runner's hand into the next runner's hand. And that's what we do generation from generation. We pass on the baton to the generation that comes behind us, which is why God is so clear about his word and why he is ardently protecting the way that we live in our life and our doctrine so that we might pass truth accurately from one generation to another. And it's, it's not often that we'll see uh, a young lieutenant like Timothy, for example, who receives the word of God from Paul, uh, who becomes a general in the kingdom of God, although he was only a small boy when he received the word of God from Paul. And Paul said to him, look to my apostolic pattern. And we recognize that pattern. We recognize it clearly in individuals as they what? As they serve the kingdom of God. As they put their life to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to seek you. I want to walk with you. As they begin to say, I, I, want, to, I want my family to grow in the glory of God. I want my, my life to look godly. That the way I react and the way I live before others, not perfect, but brings glory to God. In this pattern for elders' ministry, I want to, I want to point you back to the scriptures in Colossae. Um, notice, notice what Paul says in verse 125. He says this, I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you. He says of his relationship to the church, he's thinking on a wide basis, not just to Colossae, and he says, I become a servant by the commission that God gave me. So who gave Stan, Stephen, and Simon the call today? Well, according to scriptures, it was what? God. So many conversations, so many ideas put forth. And it's God who gave the commission. And although we recognize that DMC, Downfield Mains today, ordains, it's the commission of the Lord that stands. It's the glory of the Lord who stands. John Ryle, I used to have a book by John C. Ryle, and he was, he was the Bishop of Liverpool. And I used to read his daily devotionals um, when I was about 10 years into ministry. And he shared this about ministry and he, his explanation of eldership and, and those that were coming into this place of pastoral care and call. He says this um, when, he, when he was trying to run away from it, which I think those of us who actually have entered into that really do want to run away from it. He says this, I felt shut up to do and so no other course of life open to me. When I became a servant of God in the church, I could see nothing else to do. It was as God put his hand upon me and said, this is where you're going. Now, we know that these men today have served faithfully in the Lord. Their families have served faithfully. Their wives have served faithfully. Their children are serving, even today, faithfully in the Lord. And as we come beside them, we recognize that the ministry call on their lives in the book of Colossae is from the Lord. And you'll see this, there's a reason for it. First and foremost is this, faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The responsibility of the elder is what? First and foremost, to teach 
the word of God, to rightly divide the word of truth, to apply it in all aspects of life and doctrine. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? Hearing the spoken word of God, the rhema word of God. How many of you have ever had a conversation with these three men? How often do you note that the word of God comes out of their mouths? Why? What happens to us is that we actually are built up. We are strengthened by the spoken word of God. But there's something else that sustains this call to ministry and leadership. Um, of course, it's the spoken word of God. But it's also, it's also the word of God that comes to us through the message of God. And I, I want to read to you a scripture. Um, last week, I met with a Ghanaian pastor here in, in, in the small hall as we pray through maybe a congregation from Ghana being involved here. And his name was Moses. And how many of you all realize that everyone needs a Moses? Right? We all need a Moses. Well, well I want to read to you a scripture verse. Uh, as Moses came down from Sinai, what, the law of God, the message of God, the word of God came on the tablets. So not only the spoken word of God, but the rightfully divided word of God. He says, but now, O Jacob, listen to the word of the Lord who created you. O Israel, who formed you, do not be afraid. I have ransomed you. I can tell you this, that all three men who stood up here and many of us in this room today have been ransomed by the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you have been, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. I was waiting for that amen in the back. All right. Why? Because it's God's work in the leader, but it's his word that comes to the leader. And then the leader takes the word of God. And what does he do? By his own divine providence in God, he walks ahead. He goes forth. He brings the word of God to the people of God. Can you imagine Moses walking down from Sinai with the, with the tablets, right? What is, what, is, what is that action displaying? It's displaying that this man has heard from God and he is bringing the word of God to the people of God. And that's what the elders do. I also want to say this, that humanly speaking, you didn't choose this role, I can tell you that. I, I didn't choose this role either. God chose you. And I want to read this scripture to you as well. Um, because I think from a humanly standpoint, God did not, you, they, you did not choose God, but God chose you. You too did not choose me, but I, God, chose you and appointed you so that you might what? Bear fruit. Guess what happens in downfield mains when men and women bear fruit? We all feel nourished. We all grow. We all walk out of this place on Sundays and the various days of the week that we meet and gather here and we feel refreshed. Why? Because the sustenance that we've gained has given us power and strength to move on to the next day. This is what happens when God chooses men and women for himself. And you know what that fruit promise is? That it will last Your desire and your confession here makes a difference that will last for all eternity. Why? Because those of us who are in here, we heard it. And, and it bore witness in our souls. And we recognized it. And I can tell you this, not only will it last for eternity, but whatever you ask in this name, 
of Jesus Christ, the Father will give to you. Why? Because you are chosen. You have been chosen, his sons and his daughters. And for those who might ask the question, why do we really need leadership in the church? Or maybe you come in and you think that the leader should do everything. I've already said this. We don't have it together. We're here serving saved by grace and mercy. And notice what Paul says. And, I, and I've quoted this before. He says, God chose the lowly things of the world to what? To display the despised things. And the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. There's an aspect of humility that comes with leadership. We don't have it all together. And the kingdom comes another knowledge of Christ and his word. And so I want to I say this. With humility, we bring to you our lives as elders. And as you are an elder, as you are a leader, or as you are serving in the body of Christ inside of this place, whether you have a title or not, God has brought you into this place for the sake of his glory. Why? So that the word of God might be displayed in all that we say and we do. I have often felt like the story of Peter and Jesus as he's sitting there dejected after he has failed again and again, and after Peter has denied the Lord three times, Sitting dejected by himself, I have had many times in which God has come back to me to remind me, I didn't, you didn't choose this, Nathan. I chose you, and I'm here for you, and I love you. And, and it's interesting because God has said to me, I love you, but he's also asked me, do you love me? Do you love me, Peter? Yes, God, you know, you know I love you. Phileo love, I have, I have those fleeting moments with you. Then feed my lambs. Peter, do you really love me? Yeah, God, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you really love me? Do you agape me with your whole heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength? Do you agape me? Yes, I do, God. Then feed my sheep aspect of the elder ministry in Christianity is to teach the church that she might grow into its fullness, that we might be a, a church. Um, and that to this, he's given you some of you apostles. Some of you function as apostles. Some will go out into the church and do things in the community, and they feel most secure and fulfilled when they're reaching new territory for the Lord. If that's you, you have an apostolic heart. Some of you some of you, he will, he will call to be prophets, meaning they have a prophetic gifting. They speak truth. They give revelation into, into new, new, new kind of territory and how we understand the church and how we understand each other. And they give us words and understanding to, to how we can live for the Lord. Some he's called to be evangelists. Ever met those people? All they do is talk about Jesus all the time, everywhere they go. They're the people who are always sharing. You can almost guarantee you're never going to get out of conversation without talking about Jesus with them. You know those kind of people, right? Evangelists. And some he's given to be pastors, shepherds, and some teachers. 
those who make sure that the message is well known. What? To equip the saints for the work of ministry and to build up. Build up. The, the word is helix. Full of life throughout the span of your life, the body of Christ, until we reach the unity and the knowledge in the Son of God as to mature the full measure, complete stature of Jesus Christ. I, um, I want to say that there's no methodology for this. There's just a heart that seeks after God for it. Paul is the preacher, and he's presenting to them in verse 25 the word of God. He's proclaiming in verse 28 that he's got a true calling. And in Acts chapter 20, he says, I don't, I don't hesitate to, to tell you that I'm going to do Declare to you the whole will of God. I've endured because you know my heart. And I want to encourage you. The moment you step into leadership, you ask God's for anointing that you might have a life of endurance in the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because God is with you. And as you put up the sails of the ship that you're going forth with, the Holy Spirit which moves to and fro, and we can never really fully understand, gets into those sails, and he pushes you along. And you powerfully lead. Why? Because this is the pattern of ministry, that you trust God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And you lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways you acknowledge him, and guess what? He will direct where you're to go. I'm going to close with a simple prayer. And I want you to know this, that you're to called today to leave this place encouraged. Why? Because you are the church. And today, three men of God have been ordained into eldership. So your response to them is to love them, to encourage them, come alongside of them, to assist them, to pray incessantly for them, and to remember them as they continue to lay their lives down for the Lord in service of you. Now, can I ask that of you? Can I ask that of you? Can I ask that of you? Good. Let's pray. Father, we stand today bringing you glory for who you are. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, God, that your desire is that we will grow into the full stature and measure of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will complete in us a good work because, God, you have been faithful to bring about leadership. And Father, we thank you for the men of God. We thank you for Stan. We thank you for Stephen and Simon. And we, we pray that you would bless them and keep them, God. We, we thank you for the, their, their households. And God, we ask that you would continue to grow them spiritually and strong in all ways, God. And Father, we thank you that we are a church who love well. And so God, as we grow 
and become more mature and more complete in them and in you, God. We ask that you'd continue to pour out your grace and your mercy and your love. Bless them, God. And bless this whole congregation in Jesus' name.